if I were to print out of my property management software a list of every property we manage and the corresponding management fee that's charged to that property, and I handed that list to you, you would look at it and say, Mark, this does not make any sense. There's no rhyme or reason. These, these pricing management fees are all over the place. Property A, you're charging X on the management fee. And then the next property, you're charging Y. And then the next property, you're charging C. And the next property, you're charging D and A through Z. I don't understand. It's all over the place. There's no consistency in your management fees. And I would respond to you and I would say, well, that's because we believe in having a dynamic pricing model. Now, some people look at that and say, oh, so you negotiate your management fee? Yeah, I guess you could consider that. But I'm going to talk today about how a dynamic pricing model benefits you as the property manager, and it certainly benefits your owner clients as well. After that, we'll take two questions. We'll take a question on how often should you be inspecting your occupied properties? And secondly, what is the key to educating owners on who their point of contact is at your office? Here we go. Hey, welcome, my friends, to another episode of the Property Management Business Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Cunningham. Everything we do here is dedicated to helping you build, grow, and protect your property management company. A question I'm often asked by third-party property managers is, uh, Mark, should I negotiate my property management agreement? Or more specifically, how negotiable, how flexible should I be with my pricing structure? And some property management companies will say, oh, absolutely not. That is off the table. That is a non-negotiable. Other companies will say, no, it's, it's very negotiable. This is one of those things that I do not believe is a right or wrong. There are some things that we'll talk about here, which I believe are very important that we all must do, in my opinion. And there are other things that are simply decisions that you have to make which will work best for you. So what I'm going to talk about today is not a right or wrong. It's just my opinion. If you disagree, that's fine. You can be wrong. I'll still love you. But it's not a right or wrong. Okay, This truly is something that different people can do it different ways or whatever works for you best. But I'm just going to explain how we do it and why we do it in this way. Now, before we talk details on negotiating a price for your management fee or having more of a dynamic pricing model, let's take a step back and let's just set a couple expectations around our business. So let me ask you, your business, third-party property management, are you selling a product or are you selling a service? Now, that, that's a pretty straightforward question. Ho hopefully you know, no, I'm not selling a product. We're not selling pens. We're not selling ice cream. We're not selling cars. We're not selling softwares. Softwares? Software. We're not selling software. We're selling a service. And even more specifically, I believe we're selling a relationship. We're not just an accountant that's going to do their accounting one time and done. It's going to be ongoing, day after day, month after month, maybe even year after year. You're selling a service. You're selling a relationship. I, th I think we can all agree upon that. Would you agree that we're selling a service? Yeah. Okay. Good, good, good. Principle number two, the service that we're selling Although we provide the same basic service, property management, the nuances of the service we're providing is going to be drastically different 
right? The scope of service, the effort level on your part as the property manager is going to be drastically different based upon a number of things, isn't it? It's If one client comes in your door today or they call you and they say, hey, I want you to manage my property. You say, great, tell me about it. They say, well, actually, it's, it's right next door to your office. It's a brand new construction. Uh, it, you know, Here's the keys, three bed, two bath. I, I don't care what we rent this thing for. Uh, I just want to get somebody in there. Um, I'm, I'm not involved at all. Like, don't call me. Just send me my money. Here's the keys. Have a good day. I think, wow, well, that, that's pretty nice. And then two minutes later, your phone rings again. And it's another prospective owner client who says, hey, I'm, I'm interested in having you manage my property. And you say, great, where is it? They say, well, it's uh, it's in Eastland. And you think, uh-oh, Eastland. That's, that's the part of town that you got to lock your doors when you drive through. And I don't want to go there at night. Whew. And by the way, I'm just making up Eastland. That doesn't mean anything if you're in a town on the east. I don't think you're a bad person. It's in Eastland. Oh, okay. Well, well uh, tell me a little bit about the property. Well, it's in a, it's a one-bedroom, one-bath condo, which you think, oh, those are harder to rent. Those are really hard to rent. And it, it's it's in uh, the building located at 123 Main Street. And you think, oh, that's the worst complex in Eastland. That's like, oh, that's the rough, rough area. That The property is so old. The grounds on that property are so poorly maintained. This thing is going to be hard to manage, right? So just based upon those two things, let me ask you, is the scope of service going to be the same? You're doing the same thing. Rent collection, repairs, lease enforcement, you're doing the same thing. But they will require vastly different levels of effort on your part, won't they? Just from the geography, just from the fact that one is going to be harder to manage than the other. So why in the world would you have a standard one-size-fits-all pricing model when you can potentially have such different properties and such different levels of effort required on your part. It just doesn't make sense. You're not selling a pen to client A and a pen to client B. You're not even selling the same service to client A and client B. The outcome of the service will be the same. Rent collection, lease enforcement, all the things that you do, leasing, but the level of effort you put in, my friends, as a property manager is night and day dependent upon that. Therefore, for us, we are not going to have some static, fixed, one-size-fits-all management fee price for those properties. We're going to have different property price points, and we're going to have different management fees, just like we have different geographic locations that we manage in. So yes, I believe you should absolutely, it's best for you and your owner clients to have a dynamic pricing model within your management fee. So if you're kind of scratching your head saying, well, maybe, Mark. I mean, I, I think I get what you're talking about here a little bit, but uh, like what would that dynamic pricing model be based on? Like how do I decide what if it's going to go up or down? So let me just give you some random factors that I think you should consider when you're looking at a property that you need to take into consideration in order to accurately quote this owner client an appropriate management fee. Number one, I think, would be the level of their 
demand on you and the level of the properties demand on you. And that's something that's hard to measure, but you know it. You know it when you find out the details. What level of service is this going to require of me? The level of difficulty on managing this property based upon the owner. A lot of it can be based upon the owner. Is this an easy owner who's super hands off or do they want to micromanage everything? That's something that we need to take into consideration. Number two, which is much more straightforward, is simply the geography, the location of the property. Is it one minute away from your office or is it an hour away from your office? Many, many years ago, we were very, very static in the geographic area we would manage. Our office is in Denver, Colorado, and we had very, very clear boundaries on where we would manage. And I remember one day we had a, an existing owner client who we had a great relationship with. They came to us and said, hey, um, I just bought a property, I believe it was in Greeley, in Greeley, Colorado. Uh, will you manage it? Now, this was a great owner. We loved this owner. And, and the property was okay. It's kind of a little bit of a lower income property based upon what we're typically used to. But Greeley is about an hour away. It's an hour away from our office in Denver. And normally we would say, no, we just don't do that area. But hold on, hold on. If we truly have more of a dynamic pricing model, should we consider that? And we're able to consider it because of the fact that we have a dynamic pricing model. So we looked at it. We said, well, let, let us consider it. We considered it. We looked at the property. We looked at the drive time. How much effort and energy is this going to take from us? And then we said, sure, we can manage a property. And if we do manage a property, here is the pricing model that we would put in place in order for us to manage it. And it was a higher price point. And the owner said, that's great. Let's do it. That's what I'm getting at on a base level. So we've got geography. The level of difficulty of the property. So if two owners call you, one has a vacant property, it's ready to go, brand new construction. The other says, no, my property is old. It already has a tenant in place. And uh, actually, this tenant has not paid rent in six months. I've uh, been trying to evict him. Uh, I think they're selling meth. Do you sell meth or cook meth? I guess you can do both, right? So they're cooking meth and they're selling it out of the back door. I'm pretty sure there, there's mold, I think, in the basement and the uh, the furnace just went out. Here you go. Can you manage it? Well, hold on. Before you just run away screaming, saying, no, 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 maybe you should consider it. If you truly have a dynamic pricing model, maybe there is a price at which you would say, yes, I would be willing to take on all of these problems for you. My friends, we are in the problem-solving business. That's the business we're in. It's just a matter of how big is the problem, how much time, energy, and effort is it going to take you to solve it, and what is your price for solving it. That's the business you're in. That's the business you are in. Another aspect to consider in your dynamic pricing model is now this is not property specific, this is you specific, and that is how busy are you right now? What is your ability to take on another property? Now, this has nothing to do with the property. You say, well, Mark, I mean, how can I quote a different price just based upon how busy I am? That's a fair question. But let's step outside of our industry for a minute. Do other industries do this very well? Yes, they do. I'll give you two examples. Example number one, my son, I have two, two sons, I have two boys and two girls. My two boys, uh, Gabriel and Reagan, 
uh, every summer they mow lawns. That's their little business. And they make good money mowing lawns. Uh, Gabriel's 18, Reagan is uh, 15, wait, seven, sorry, 17, 15, and uh, they mow lawns. So when they started mowing lawns, they uh, load up the lawnmower, they drive around the neighborhood, and, and they do what 18-year-old kids do in the lawn mowing business. And one day Gabriel came home after mowing. He said, Dad, I was mowing this lawn, and the lady across the street uh, came over after I was done, and, and she said, hey, will you, will you mow my lawn also? And he said, Dad, like, we don't want to mow any more lawns. Like, we're, we're maxed out. I don't, I'm, I'm already doing more than I want to do. I'm not trying to make a full business out of this working 40 hours a week. I'm making enough money. I, I don't want any more business. Now, what a great problem to have, isn't it? We've all hopefully been there in our businesses where you just kind of say, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm good right now. Now, maybe you're not there. and That's okay. We want to get there, though. So I said to Gabriel, I said, well, what'd you tell her? He said, well, I told her I'd text her and, and I'd let her know what the price would be. But I, I just don't want to do it, Dad. I, I just don't want to do it. He said, plus it's like a big lawn and like there's a lot of weeds in it. Like it just doesn't look like a lawn I want to do. So what would you tell Gabriel? Would you just say, well, then just don't do it. Don't do it. So here's what I said to Gabriel. I said, Gabriel, what, what do you charge to mow lawns? He said, well, I, I typically charge 25 bucks, right? $25 to mow lawn. I said, okay, okay. I said, Gabriel, what price would this lady have to pay you to make you excited about taking on her lawn to mow? And he goes, Dad, you don't understand. There, there's weeds back there. And, and like, uh, but, you know, she'd be the last lawn of the day. So I'm, I'm tired. I, don't, I said, I, I know, I know, I know. But what's the price? You normally do 25. I said, if she said to you, I'll pay you 30, would you like be excited about this? He said, no, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't for 30. How about 35? No. I said, 40? He goes, eh, that, that's a lot. 40? Uh, I don't know. I said, how about 45? Would you get excited if she paid you 45? He said, yes. For 45 bucks? Yeah. Totally, Dad. I, I'd totally be excited about that. I said, okay. So you text her. You tell her you'd be happy to mow her lawn. It'd be $45. He said, Dad, if I do that, there's no way she's going to hire me. Like That's way more than I normally charge. I said, okay, but if she says no, that's kind of what you want, right? Like you don't want to do her lawn. So quote her 45 bucks and let's see what happens. Well, she's going to say no, dad. Okay, that's fine. Then just just do it. Just trust me, Gabriel. Okay. So he comes downstairs half hour later. He's like, dad, she said, yes, we're going to go mow her lawn right now. I said, what? I can't. She said, yes, you made 45 bucks. Because what Gabriel did there is he adopted kind of a dynamic pricing model based upon the property wasn't a great property that he wanted to mow and his availability. He was maxed out. He had no more slots left. Now your slots, you say, well, I mean, I wish I had no slots left. Are you kidding me? I, I need more business. But you still only have a limited amount of slots, don't you? And so you want to quote a price based upon where you are in your busyness. This can also be... This is kind of a secondary aspect of your busyness, the time of year for you. Your dynamic pricing model could fluctuate based upon the time of the year. So did you know back in the, the olden days, gosh, it feels weird to say the olden days. I'm not that old. I'm, I'm 50 years old. But I mean, back in the olden days of property management, because I've literally been doing property management my whole life, 
Back in the olden days, most PM companies would stop taking on new accounts in the summertime. So if you called our office in the summer and you said, hey, I've got a property, we'd say, well, I'm sorry, we're not taking on new accounts right now. It's summer. Why would we say that? Because the summers were crazy busy. That's when everybody was moving, leasing was happening. So in the summer months, we would just put a pause on new accounts. We would not accept any new property management accounts. Why? For the only reason was it's summer and we're busy. Now, if if you're newer in the industry, you think, Mark, that is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. How I can't believe you guys even grew with that stupid mentality, Mark. Well, that's just the way it was. And that's the way everybody did it. Why? Because we understood that we would burn ourselves out and you didn't want to gear up and hire a bunch of people only to have slow times in the winter. So I don't know, right or wrong. I'm not saying it was right, but that's what we did. Now, today we don't do that. We've we've scaled up and grown to where if a lead comes in, we're going to take it. But the time of the year is another factor in you quoting what your management fee price would be. Now, what's the other side of that? You say, okay, well, that's a dynamic pricing model. Structured in everything you're talking about here, Mark, is like, I don't want your property or your property's a pain, so I'm going to quote you more. Like, I wish I'm on the other opposite end of that spectrum where I just need more doors, okay? A dynamic pricing model comes into play in that aspect as well, doesn't it? Because if you really need more doors, then maybe your dynamic pricing model is going to go down as a way of attracting that new owner client. So rather than having... X as your management fee, it's going to be X minus one for this client that contacts you. Why? Because you have a lot of slots to fill. You got too much time on your hands and you just need more doors. So then quote X minus one. See, so the dynamic pricing model fluctuates both ways. It's not just a, I charge more, I charge more, I charge more. It's a, you charge what is necessary at the time that the lead comes in. Now, here's what you're thinking. Okay, I I get it, but how in the world would I put that on my website? I mean, maybe you have a pricing page on your website. And by the way, my friends, I hope you do have a pricing page on your website. I believe we, as property managers, should. We certainly have a pricing page on our website. We say it's clear, transparent, fair pricing. And here's what it is. Why would you not put a pricing page if you're offering transparency in your business. So we have a pricing page. So you think now here's what you're thinking. Well, Mark, then everything you just said goes out the window because how can you quote a dynamic pricing model if your website says our management fee is X and then an owner calls and you're gonna be like, well, actually for you, it's gonna be more. How, how would you do that? That just looks terrible, which is a fair point. So what you will see if you go to our pricing page, and we'll we'll link to it in the, the show notes here if you want to see how we have that structured. Our pricing page says our management fee, and it says from X percent. I'm not going to tell you what the percentage, I and mean, it doesn't matter. You do what your market does. From that little word, those four little letters make everything I'm talking about possible because our management fee is from X percent. So an owner who may contact us and we're talking to him and 
and uh, he's giving details or she's giving details about the situation or the property and we're getting more and more scared because it sounds awful. And then we say, well, gosh, in order for us to manage this property, uh, the management fee would be would be Q. The number we give her is Q, which is a very high number, by the way. And the owner says, well, now, wait a minute. Your, your management fee or your, your uh, pricing page said X. We say, well, no, it actually said from X. But based upon the specifics of this situation, and then here's what we say. Now, this is really, really important. So if you've been falling asleep, it's time to wake up. This is really, really important. We would say this. In order for us to provide the high level of service that we do, the fee structure that would be in place would be for you and your property and the details would be X. Right? So we're not like negotiating. We're not saying, well, sure, we'll do it for this. And then they say, well, how about for this? And you say, yeah, we'll come down to that. It's not, it's not negotiating as much as it's dynamic. And those are two very different things. So it's not an ebb and flow where they say a number and we come back with a different number. Then they come back with a different closer number and then we meet in the middle. It's not that. It's dynamic pricing based upon the fee structure that is necessary for us to provide the high level of service that we do based upon the specifics of the property, the situation. That's why on our list of management fees for all of our properties, they're all over the board. Why? Because our properties are all over the board and the quality of the property is all over the board. I didn't even talk about the rental rates. That's another aspect that you could use to determine the dynamic pricing structure. What is the rental rate of the property? If it's running for $3,000 a month, that may be a very different price management fee you quote versus something running for $800 a month because you need to make sure you're compensated fairly for the effort you're putting in to manage the property. So hopefully that makes sense a little bit that way. By the way, we're talking management fees here. I didn't even get into the idea of having an onboarding fee or a sign-up fee, a setup fee, whatever you want to call it. I do believe that in those cases where you're walking into a mess, right, the, the meth lab with the mold and everything else, you should, in that case, quote a substantial onboarding or setup fee because you don't really know what you're getting yourself into. Now, our onboarding or setup fee is going to be, again, just like I've been talking about, completely dynamic and completely based upon the specifics of the situation. There is no set sign-up fee. There's no set onboarding fee. Why? Because some properties are going to be a, it's brand new, here's the key, and it's beautiful. It requires nothing of us. Others are going to be, please take this nightmare off of my hands and fix all my problems, which we can do, but then we're going to quote a more substantial onboarding or sign up fee. Why? Because that pricing structure has to compensate us for the level of effort that we're putting into this. One more comment. And that is if you are in the situation where you're really trying to grow, I just, I need more. I need more. Like I, I just can't get people to come on board. And so your dynamic pricing model reduces the management fee to be an attraction point. Don't forget, my friends, you have the ability in the future to increase that management fee over over time. You just have to make a notification. We're not going to get into details on how to increase your management fees, and it has to be done per the, per the contract, right? So you can't like sign them up to a 12-month agreement and then two months later, two months later increase their fee. Can't do that. But when it comes up for renewal, can you and should you 
look at the updated information on the property and make a new determination based upon your dynamic pricing model of what the management fee will be? Absolutely. You should do that every year. Every single year when your agreements come up for renewal, or if they're like ours is a month-to-month agreement, so we do it at the end of the year, we're going to go through our properties. And we're going to say, okay, is this current pricing structure appropriate for the current effort we're putting into managing this property? And oftentimes we say, no, this property's gotten really hard. This tenant has gotten really hard. This owner has gotten really hard. So therefore, it is necessary for us to have a small increase in the management fee. Why? To offset the increased expenses we are incurring in effectively managing this property. This is a a, a difficult business to be profitable in, my friends. So we need to make sure that we are charging accordingly and that you're charging a fee that is necessary in order for you to provide the high level of service that you do. And if you do those things, you will attract folks when you need. The dynamic strike, the dynamic pricing structure will be beneficial to everybody involved. You know, we're talking about a dynamic pricing structure for your owner clients. When it comes to your tenants, you need to make sure that you're attracting the tenants that you want in your properties. And we want to give a great resident experience to our tenants. One way you can do that, and a lot of property managers utilizing this, is by working with Second Nature. Now, Second Nature is the number one resident experience platform for property managers in the nation. By the way, if you're familiar with them, do you know why they called their name Second Nature? This always stumped me, and I finally figured it out. It's because they want to make their platform and their program so simple that it becomes second nature for you. That's pretty good, isn't it? And it really is, because it's it's so second nature that it builds a resident experience with exclusive benefits that tenants can get from you when they rent from you that they're not going to get from other folks. So they have what they coined an RBP, a resident benefit program, And what that RBP does for you is it attracts residents by offering them exclusive benefits to you, a whole package, a whole suite, and you get to kind of pick, hey, here are the benefits I want to put in my package. No, I don't want that one. Yes, I do want this one. This Second Nature RBP package, they have over 15,000 five-star resident reviews. Those are resident reviews. So this is not something that you're coming in as a way of, of just making money on your resident. This is truly providing benefits to your resident that helps you then attract and retain residents. And it's like a feather in your cap when you're talking to your prospective owner clients. Hey, Mr. Owner Client, when tenants rent from us, here's the list of benefits that we give them. So when you give us your property to manage, this is some of the things we're doing for your tenant. It helps us rent your properties faster, attract higher quality tenants, and retain those quality tenants. And of course, it offers a profit center for you as the property manager. Now, you could do all that yourself. You could put a resident benefit package in place and administer the whole program. Or you could say, that sounds like a lot of work in which it can be. Therefore, Second Nature can administer the entire plan and the entire program for you. They do it all. Your tenants love it. Your owners are going to like it. You're going to make a profit on it. This is one of those triple wins as Second Nature has coined the phrase. So reach out to my friends. We'll have a link in the show notes here. Ask them how they structure this for property managers. Cool company, something you absolutely need to put in place for your company. Let's move on to a couple questions that have come in from property managers. Lisa in Florida 
says, uh, hey, Mark, how often do you inspect your occupied rental properties? So this is occupied properties we're talking about now. This is one of those things that is not a right or wrong. It's just something that everyone needs to figure out and put in place. What we do, and this is what I think is kind of a best practice, is we do an annual, so one time per year, occupied property inspection. Now, a couple components around that. Number one, we're going to do it mid-lease term. Because the question always comes up, well, when do you do it? Like, you don't want to do it the week after your tenant moves in. It doesn't tell you anything. I would recommend if you're going to do it annually, do it mid-lease term. I know some property management companies say, no, I'm going to do it as we get closer to lease renewal time. Because based upon what I find on the inspection, I can then determine if I want to offer them a renewal. If I do an inspection and their lease is coming up for renewal in 45 days and the property looks terrible, I'm not going to offer them a lease renewal. So that makes sense. You could do that. If you're going to be doing it annually or more than annually, which I think you should do at least annually, I would also recommend that you charge a fee to your owner client to offset the expense you are going to incur by having the property inspected. I have a property manager friend of mine who wanted to grow his business. And so he said, we're going to offer quarterly property inspections to all of our owners for free. And I said, oh, I, I, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. And he said, no, 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 it's great. We're attracting so many owner clients because owner clients love the idea that I'm going to be in there every quarter for free inspecting their property. I said, oh, my friend, please don't do it. No, Mark, it's, it's a great idea. I'm going to do it. And so he started doing that. And I talked to him a month or two later and he said, it's working great. All these owner clients are signing up with me because of my inspections. And I said, I'd stop. I wouldn't do it anymore. He said, no, no, it's, it's fine. I talked to him a couple months later. I said, well, how's it going? He said, well, not so good. I've got 100 properties now. And I said, oh, so now you have figured out what I was trying to tell you. It's not scalable. So he had 100 properties. He's doing free quarterly property inspections. Okay, go back to your third grade math. How many property inspections is that per year? No, it's not 700. No, it's not 20. Okay, you weren't paying attention in, in third grade math. It's 400. One property, or excuse me, 100 properties, four quarters in the year, 100 times four, 400. 400 property inspections he's got to do for free every year. Well, he can't do those. Now he's got to go hire an inspector. And who's paying for that? He is. Where's the money coming from? Nowhere. He's paying for it out of his pocket. He doesn't have the money to pay someone. So it's not scalable. So I would recommend at least once a year. If you want to do twice, that's fine. But make sure that the fee for the inspection is not being paid by you. Why would you pay for that? That should be paid by the owner of the property. Why? Because it benefits their property. That'd be my thoughts around there. Hey, uh, Ruth from uh, HBR Property Management says, uh, Mark, what is the key to educate our owners on whom they should contact to solve certain inquiries? So I, I, I think if I'm re reading this correctly, Ruth, you're saying when a, an owner has a question, they need to know who to ask for in my company. And I think you're coming at this wrong. I think we want to make the owner experience as easy as possible for our owner clients. Therefore, I would recommend you give your owner client one direct point of contact into your office. And then if you need, based upon their question, if you need to send that question to your accounting department or your leasing department or your property manager or to you, you could do that. 
but give your owner one point of contact. For us, that's one of our principles of property management, that our owner clients will have one and only one point of contact at our office. For us, that is our executive property manager. So Mr. Owner, here's your point of contact. If you have a question on anything, you reach out to your executive property manager. If that executive property manager doesn't know the answer, they may have to go to the accounting department. They may have to go to our leasing team, but they own the issue. They own the resolution to this issue. It works well for us. I love that principle because one of the biggest complaints we see from owners everywhere is, to your point, Ruth, they don't know who to call. And, and even if you gave them a list, they're going to forget. So make it simple for them. Give them one point of contact. Hey, my friends, may I ask a favor of you? If you've enjoyed this podcast, this is our uh, what our seventh episode. We're, we're still new at this. If you've enjoyed this and you don't want to make and you want to make sure you don't miss any future ones, click the subscribe button. And I would ask a personal favor. Would you mind leaving a review on whatever platform you're listening to? Just go in there and say that Mark's the greatest guy you've ever heard. You love his silky voice and, and his beautiful hair, uh, whatever, whatever you want to say. But it helps us get the word out, um, helps the, the podcast get promoted that way. And, and uh, this is new for us. So we're going to kind of see where, where this takes us. But I would appreciate it if uh, you found this beneficial, if you would do this as well as feel free to share it with a, a PM who you think can benefit in that. But I hope this was helpful to you as you build in place a dynamic pricing model into your business. And until next time, my friends, I wish you success.